Okay, here we go, here we go, because otherwise you'll just keep going, and that would be okay, but then it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Bible study, but you'd, you'd be having fun, so that's okay, you know, it's actually, it's actually good. Everybody has the wrong kid this morning, that was the first thing I observed. Nobody has their, is there some, there's some catharsis in trading your kid to somebody else? You take a different kid who's better than your kid, or, I, I don't get it. Uh, okay, let's, let's pray, and then we'll go. You happy? I'm happy if you're happy, Mary. That's the way. You're a fine, fine person. Dear Father in heaven, you've revealed your love to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. So grant us, we beg you, your Holy Spirit, that we learn to love you with our whole heart and all those gathered around us as well. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, um, lots of little things. Um, I can't, there were just, this is, here, okay, the advertisement is, is uh, a couple canceled going to Israel, not from our group, from another one of the groups. Um, immediately one space got filled. I have one space if you want to go to Israel with us in November. You should go anyway. Actually, when, when Kirby heard this, she's like, is Carol Holter going? Carol Holter is the obvious person. Anyway, uh, but I got it by Monday because after that it's all locked in. So it's just 30 days out or something like that. So if anybody wants to go to, if anybody wants to, go to Israel, um, get to me right away. Karen, you're a great possibility. Uh, gazillion dollars. It's about, it's about $3,000 or something. I actually don't know exactly in my, in my, own, in my own head, but it's about 3000 bucks. Uh, second thing, um, what was the next thing? Oktoberfest tonight. Who's coming tonight? You coming? So here's the rules. This is, there's, there's no rules. Uh, all you do, all, this is just like, it's run kind of like the men's steak fry. So you bring whatever it is you want to drink. You know, just bring something to drink so you're happy. Water, a soft drink, beer, wine, whatever you're happy. Just bring what you want to drink. Everything else should be there, okay? It's 6 o'clock is the start time, is that right? Is it going to be, is it going to be sunny? Oh, there is child care. Yeah, I think, Mary, there's child care, isn't there? Is there child care tonight? Is there child care tonight? Six and up. That basically, we, absolutely. We're going to put them in and bar the door. That's basically what that means, okay? What's that? Just don't, don't, don't. Hey, we'll let them out again at nine. We should pad the walls more. That would be my only thing. Um, after that, then. Stained glass windows, um, you know, we talked about that. I haven't really, I haven't got the go-ahead yet to talk about this with the governing board, although I'll talk with you on Tuesday, but we're just about there. So um, if you're, like, still on the fence or you want to make sure that it was going to succeed or it's all going to be okay or blah, 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 or if you pledge something and you haven't turned it in, now's the time because it's, uh, it's almost finished up. I'll, I'll announce that in a broader thing, more official thing, when I have broader, more official numbers, so... But I'm just, anyway, congratulations. I think it's all going to be fine. <clears throat> I need about a million dollars. No, actually, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know, uh, you know, it's, it's, within, it's within a rounding error right now. So this is more about, this is more about if you wanted to be part of that and you were kind of like thinking, I'll just wait and see what happens, blah, blah, blah. It actually, we're going to put a period on the end of that sentence pretty soon. It's at the thing where it's this crazy thing you do with designers, which is it'll take them, like when it finally goes to design, it takes uh, their designer three or four weeks to actually knock it out. So you 
kind of sign the papers in advance and say we're going to do this because they're not going to give you four weeks of free labor, right, from a designer. So you kind of say, hey, we're there, we're in. Of course, we're very sensitive to having the money in hand or committed. Before We're not going to, you know, there's no appetite anywhere in the governing board for spending money we don't have. We've learned that lesson, right? <laughs> so, so, But there's still a few people who have said to me, well, I'll give you the money when you sign on the dotted line. And my answer is, I'll sign on the dotted line when you give me the money, you see? So we're in a different paradigm of how we're going to handle things now. And I'm just kind of letting you, I'm just kind of letting you know that. So, so I haven't quite figured out how to talk about this, except to shoot up a flare and say, if this is something that's dear to you and you want to be part of it, now's the time, because we are going to sign on the dotted line. It's just a matter of the details, right? So there you go, you know. And the answer is still a million dollars. Okay, good. Okay. And then for you, for the broader group of you, so one of the fun things that, you know, we talked at prayers this morning about how you've been helping each other out, and that's really, really cool. So um, just two things. Joyce Spicer, who is, you know, a regular among us, continues to, you know, kind of come closer to death. And so um, you should just, uh, you know, she's being very open about that and very calm about that. But, you know, if you're a friend of Joyce's, you should talk to her now. You shouldn't put that off. The second thing is Cindy's going to have surgery um, for breast cancer in a couple of weeks. She's going to need a little help with kids in the week probably of October 29th. I know that because her husband wrote me a very kind email this morning and said, can you ask people if they can help my wife? So I'm asking people. It was a very nice, you'd be very, very proud of him. It's, it came with numbers and A, B, C things. That was, I, was very, I was like, this is great. This is the perfect. It was the band director in him that came out. I'm like, you know, I, so if you, can, if you have a little extra uh, time in the, kind of be an extra set of hands for Cindy in the week that she recovers, that week of the 29th to November 2nd, he told me. And I presume at midnight on November 2nd, you'll be completely healed and won't need any more help. <laughs> Because he didn't take the list any farther than that. I presume it'll all just be fine after that. Uh, then, you know, we'll work that out too, okay? So, okay, everybody good with that? What haven't I told you that you need to know? Anything else? Anything else? You know, I always think people like that are boorish. Come on, come and see my slides. But for you, maybe I'll just have you. I'm like, oh. Is that true? Yes, okay. So come to December afternoon circle. They'll feed you. Okay, I'll figure something out. I'll figure something out. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I'm always, I'm always very leery of people who say, come over and see my slides. You know when video cameras first came out and then people, like, they took pictures of their kids like this? I mean, seriously. And then they'd come and say, come, and you'd sit there and watch 20 minutes of their kid doing that. I mean, it's not that you're not gifted and that not that we don't love you, but... Hey, we're moving on now. We've all had a nook, okay? So, um, yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, you? Uh, yeah, yeah. somehow, some way, absolutely. I'm not the picture taker in the family. Have you met my wife? In fact, you should Instagram the whole deal, and then we wouldn't have to worry about it. That would be so awesome. All right? So, you know. It's the only way I ever find out anything about my kids. The only way you find out about them is if they... You Instagram and Twitter them now. I mean, I says, I said, I told you, my daughter. I said, did you read my? No, no, we look at the. I, I think I told you last week. I said to my daughter, did you open my email? She said, email. Was I born in the Stone Age? 
Okay, so I mean that's that's the problem. You know, so you have to actually adjust to the. They don't. I mean, they haven't opened an email, and the only one they open is that one from Chase that says, "You've been sent money by your father. Open this email." That's the only email they open. Yes, right. Exactly right. Oh, the, the thing. Hmm. At both college orientations, they said, you know, they both of them said one of the real problems they have is communicating with students because they won't open email. They don't open email. And they said, your kids have to open email because we tell them like six times their account's overdue and then they can't register. And then they they think it's our fault somehow. They've got to, what was I born at the, is that true? So is that put on YouTube? I don't know. We're thinking of taking the whole church on YouTube next year. Um, You guys can stay home and we'll just, you know. You know, I don't know. It's a it's a different world. Hey, my so, daughter attends every Sunday in her slippers and robes at school. I just, you know what? All I can say is God bless her. Uh, she, you know, she's going. So, all right. Anything else you need to know? Everything else is okay. Any kids? Very nervous about you. You got no kids. Your hands are free. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh boy. Okay, uh, I didn't give you, I do have a little handout for you, but I don't want to spoil you by what I think before I ask you what you think. So, um, you know, you know this text, you, maybe you read ahead, maybe you didn't. It's Luke 18, just listen to the text. So, and then as you listen to the text, you know, just listen. I mean, maybe even don't even read along, just listen. As you listen, I mean, because this would have been told as a story, and part of what we're trying to do is understand this culturally, culturally has a different reading. Interestingly, I read a couple other commentators, I read Bailey and then I read a couple it's interesting how people who are not in the Middle East have a completely different take on what's happening in this story. Uh, you, you learn some stuff, I'm sure, about, uh, you know, I'm sure you learn some stuff about women in the Middle East and all that kind of stuff by reading this. But anyway, just, just kind of listen to the story, sort of try to, you know, take the things that, that what strikes you as odd or different. Um, you kind of think about, you know, what she's afraid of, which may be larger than you might think, given the, the place that you live. And then also, you know, what is there in her that is really quite remarkable? And then you might also ask that about the judge. And so, um, you know, what is it that what is there in the judge that you can appreciate? He's not a likable character, but what is it that you can appreciate him and actually what you don't appreciate? And then, you know, it's sort of a question of, what resemblance does that have to, to, to God? I mean, clearly this is a story in some sense about you and God, but what sense does that have? And, and particularly, you know, um, this interplay of a woman who's very weak and a man who's very, very powerful. So Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who feared neither God nor regarded man, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Vindicate me against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will vindicate her, or she will wear me out by her continual coming. Sorry, I just had an image there. That kind of ruined the story, didn't it? I just, uh, sorry about that. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous just says. And will not God vindicate his elect who cry to him all day and all night? Will he delay long over them? 
I tell you, he will vindicate them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That is one eighteen one through 8. Not very many verses. So, um, you know, when you, when you hear that, so what's going on in the story? So you tell me what's happening in the story, which is how, you know, that's how he, well, you know, what's going on in the story? I'm going to give you these. Please don't turn them over. There's too much, uh, there's too much on the backside that's me and not enough that will be you. If you turn them over, then you'll be ruined. So, uh, you know, because I just want you to think about your own, your own stuff. So when you hear the story, what, is, what, you know, what strikes you is obvious, what strikes you is kind of interesting. Carol Holter, <laughs> that she just kept coming. So the, 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 the story is that women can wear men down. Is that the moral of the story? Go ahead. Good. I, I, yeah, you nailed about three or four different things there. So there's something about the woman. There's something about the man. She just keeps coming. He ultimately gives in. She is energetic. No doubt about it. Yes, please. Good, yes, we don't. Right. Now, in the Word, that's very, very good. So we, we don't know why she came, but we know it's very important. You get a little bit of clue in the word vindicate, right? So what, is, what does vindicate usually mean? What does that mean? What would it mean personally for her? If you're saying vindicate me, what are you saying? She'd been wronged. She'd been wronged in some way. So she wants justice. She wants it. And she can't straighten it out herself. Now, why can't she straighten it out herself? She does want something cleared up. She wants, she wants things that are crooked made straight. Right? That's what she wants. Wants to be left alone. Wants to be made safe. Did she say? Get what she deserved. She wants to be unshamed. That's actually possible. So we don't know, we just, but we just know it's an injustice. It could be any of those, right? You know, doesn't really, in some ways, when he doesn't kind of define it more, it lets you walk into the story a little easier, right? Because you've all had the sense that you've been... If I went around the room and said, tell me a way that you've been treated unjustly, you'd say, somebody stole something from me, somebody lied about me, somebody shamed me, something, right? But you can all kind of... We can all fit in the story if we just leave it as a story about vindication, about being made just. Okay, what else you got going? Yeah, right. So did you read... Did anybody read the, read the chapters? Did you like the... It was short. When I read it, I was like, ooh, will you be disappointed? And I thought, maybe you won't be disappointed. Maybe you'll be happy. So he told you the two stories about... Uh, those are fascinating stories about you know being in his apartment and can't come out, right? And, but women could go out. So he, in case you didn't read, he told the story. This guy, spent his, he spent his life in the Middle East, which is, you know, that is dangerous business, being in... Being in Lebanon and being in Egypt, I don't remember. I don't know if you even remember, like, you remember that Steve Kerr used to play for the Bulls? You remember his dad was president of the American University Extension or something in Egypt who was just shot to death one day in his school, you know, just shot in the hallway in a, in a window well? <clears throat> that is the saddest, that is the saddest story of the week. Which, here's the thing, you know what's interesting about that story in regard to this story, which is, one of the things this story told you is that women can get away with a lot, but there's also some limit to that, as this story about the girl told. Yeah, I mean, he, yes, right. 
But the, you heard this story. This this girl who's 14 was shot. She'd sort of been she'd gotten some attention because she was stumping for uh, education for girls. Yeah, and and she was only 14. She was she was trying to get women educated. Was this was this in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Pakistan? Yeah. Yeah. And they shot her and two other girls with her. Oh, she did die. Yeah, so, um, so the thing is, is there's a, so there is this, I mean, he told these stories about how, his, how, his, how he couldn't go on the street, but his, I like the other one about the, the Yaya who's like telling the, yeah, the old that was very, very interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, right. Right. And the, the very interesting thing, though, is there's, there's a couple things. What's going on in that story when that happens? So anyway, the point is, he said, in this neighborhood, a militia had moved in. They had guards at the door. He said when he walked by, he wouldn't make eyes. It's very much like, I mean, one of, the, I've never, you know, one of the first things I learned in New York is not to make, in New York City, was not to make eye contact on the subway because that's, that's considered a challenge in many neighborhoods. So, I mean, he, you know, he sort of, this is sort of extends that thing, which is, you know, these guys stand at the door, he walks by, and he acts as if they don't exist. He said the whole neighborhood acted like they didn't exist, except for this crazy old woman who used to stand and, you know, give them this, right? Which is uh, kind of interesting. She could get away. Now, it's very interesting. She was safe to be able to do that, but there was also something in, the, in their response to her was just simply... Right, which is, so the question is, is that respect or disrespect? What do you think? No, my, it's a question. I, it's a question. Is it, is it, I don't know. It seems to me to be both of those things. Like there's a certain amount of respect. They're not going to shoot her. Because he said if it would have, I would have been a man, they'd have just shot me, right? But also there is a way of saying, they're still kind of saying to her, you don't really matter in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very, it's a very difficult uh, so it's so it's, it's just such an interesting. You're all right. It's all right. Hey, you could be. You maybe not going to Haiti. Maybe you're going to Romania. You don't know. They may have switched your flight. Um. So anyway, this this whole notion of so just tell me about let's well so just tell me about the woman first then what I mean what is there that you find remarkable in her or what do you find to emulate Jesus clearly tells you this story for a reason. So what is why does why does she say she's a widow? Good because right, you're as low as you can go when you're a widow, right? Right. If you had a man, a man would go. So you have a woman doing man's business, okay? But that's the other side of the thing. So she is at the bottom of society. Nobody to protect her. There's no social security. There's not even extended family, right? So she has no money. She has no food. She has no job usually. She's, and she has no extended family. Otherwise, she'd have an uncle or a brother or somebody else. So she's, uh, she doesn't have a son. She's all alone. That she appears in a place she's not supposed to appear means she's as low as she can go. And yet, that also means about her, she's what? Very, very brave. Right. Very brave. Uh, she, yeah, or very angry. So, yeah. Yeah, don't make mommy angry. Really? Why is that? Yeah, right. Solzhenitsyn's thing. Solzhenitsyn's great thing. When they, they throw him into the gulag, one of his characters, and the guy looks up and he says, tell the boys at the top when they've taken everything, 
I'm most free, right? Or the old German um, beer hall saying, when you've, um, when, you've, <laughs> when you've lost your reputation, you're free. I mean, when people have taken everything, there is a way that you, there's even a Bob Dylan song in there somewhere. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a thing about where, where people have, when peop, there's a point where people can, when they take all the normal social structure away from you, there's nothing left to violate. Although it does take some courage to live at that point and not give up. So, what else? Anything else about her? Right. Yeah, yeah right. 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 Hold on to all of that. Go ahead. Yeah, right, yeah. If you said you said if your son does that, yeah, yeah right. I'm the authority, you yeah. know, and this is what I want. Right. Um, so I'm still kind of clueless. Right. Um, how would you she is kind of irritating in her own way. Like, irritating. But <laughs> apparently, there are tons of people in the church who actually have heard that call. <laughs> I am here, and I am irritating. Let's go. Good. Okay. What else? Anything else? There is, there is some squeaky wheel getting the greaseness. Yeah, good. She might be right, she might be wrong, but after a while you're just like, oh, here, go away. So hold that, and we'll use that as a transition to talk about the man in just a second. Anything else about the woman? Jan, Jan anything else about the woman? She's just, she just keeps going. It's that thing that it's so easy to give up Right. But, you know, that's the thing about, you know, if you want to keep people from revolution, you keep them just at... There's kind of a baseline level where you peep, they just have enough food and just enough work and just enough, you just sort of, but if you push people below that, right, that's, they explode. It's kind of basic politics. You try to keep people, you try to keep most of the people above the level where they're just satisfied enough not to, yeah, but if you push them below that level, which she clearly has been pushed, that's when things explode, Right. I actually think she's extraordinarily clever. I actually think it's pretty, she's pretty good at working the system. So she knows how to go as far as she can and not get shot. Isn't that an interesting thing? Like she can get all the way to the edge. There's at some point she could have just disappeared, right? And like where'd she go? I, I just, I, nobody's seen her for a couple of days. I don't know where she, right? I mean, that happens to people. Watch TV. It does happen to people all the time, four times a night on all channels. Go ahead. Yes, right. Right. Uh, I don't, you don't, although, although, I just, I just, there is this whole, I, I don't know enough about it. I think you're right. I think that's often how women are. But I, there's this undercurrent of women who do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yes, right. Uh, yeah, right. So they're clever enough to work the system. That was not, you know, that's not been untrue over the course of America, for example, or even the course of Europe. W- women, women always figure out how to work the system. Am I too bold to say it that way? <laughs> now the question is, is now the question is, no, I, don't, I mean it in actually, a, I mean it in a positive way. That doesn't, that's not a defense of the system. It's actually something about the cleverness of, you know, who, it, it is a gift. It is a gift to be able to kind of figure out the system and make it work for you. And there is this thing of where you shouldn't go farther. You know, every once in a while somebody gets over the line and then honor and shame turns into rage and that disappears, right? Yep, go. This actually parallels the story I read about a 
money with his voice and I want to be the commissioner of baseball. I mean, <laughs> and he, so, so he started calling after he graduated from college, he started calling all of the baseball um, organizations every week. He emailed them, called them. And finally, after like two years, I think it was, I, like pick a team, the Marlins. Is that even a baseball team? It yeah. is a baseball team. Good job. <laughs> the guy said, are you just going to keep calling me unless I gave you a job? And he said, yes. He goes, come on Monday. <laughs> and he is the big commissioner of baseball. Like, he, he rose through the ranks and he became the commissioner. So I think of, like, his persistence was not that. He just had an idea of what. Him is he saw that he believed in something so right. much, and, I don't know. and you people can believe in things for all kinds of reasons because they love it, because they're tortured, because they're irritated, because you know there's injustice. So I pause that. Let's use as a transition, as a hinge to the. We need to talk about the man now in the story. So let's pose the question: uh, Does the squeaky wheel get the grease? Okay. So which seems to be. I mean, so what do you think about that? Now, just but you got to look at the text. I mean, when it talks about the judge, you know what? What do you what do you see about the judge? And of course, behind this, I'm going to ask you: in the story, is the judge God or not? Okay. So, well, yeah, maybe, uh, and maybe not. So, because he's not a very attractive character. He is just. But this particular, but this particular guy, is he just or not? Is he? He's not just. How do you know he's not just? Because how does it say it though? It says he. He says he fears. He fears neither God nor man. Right. So what? Do you, what do you know about him? He only acts in self-interest, or he acts from you know he acts from his own nature. He acts from whatever he is. This I'm complicating the, the question just a little bit. But basically, when the guy decides, you would think, you would think, see, you think, I think, I think. See, I think if I just think things clearly and I get all the data together and I show it to the judge, he'll pat me on the head and say, what a good boy you are, and I'll get exactly what I want, and I'll get it by this afternoon. So, for example, you know, that property that's been under contract for 14 or 15 months that once again was pushed off the city council. <laughs> We've had that property under contract next door for 16, 18 months. We cannot get the property sold because we keep moving off the city council. There's bigger fish to fry. We're not it. It's, we're not important. Blah, 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 blah. You know? And I'm going to vote <laughs> against everybody. <laughs> so here's the thing. So I, you know, I have this idea that if I just get all my ducks in a row, the judge will say, congratulations, your ducks are in a row. But of course, what? Yeah, that's just stupid. That never works that way. So she, let's just presume that she is, in fact, been hurt. And she does, in fact, need to be vindicated. And she is clever and courageous. And she comes to this guy. And properly, if he were a just, honorable guy, he would what? Vindicate. Yeah, vindicate her. Right? First time around. So now, why does he vindicate her? Because she's noisy. Because she's noisy. <laughs> you know, so the squeaky wheel, in a sense, does get a grease, get the, get the grease. But however, but in this story, the squeaky wheel does not get the grease because of the squeak.
Right. Which is just from his own nature or his own self-interest. Okay, good. So, so think, go, I'm sorry. Yes. That's one way to read the story. That's a, that's a, now, Bailey, I'm not sure, reads the story that way. He, in the end of the story, doesn't really say that God is the judge. But you can certainly read the story that way. With his questions at the end, or my questions. Oh, will he come? Will he find faith on earth? It may. It may. Let's let's hold on to that. That's the last thing we have to do. We have to figure out if it fits with that question. Nevertheless, when the Lord comes, will he find faith on earth? So we got to ask that question. But the but the thing about the judge is, he doesn't grease the wheel because it squeaks, or because because she's so good, or because she's so squeaky, or because she's so persistent. Although she is all those things, she's clever, she's courageous. But at the end of the day, he just says, "Look." I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna get it over with. I'm just. I'm. I'm tired. It's all about. So look how the verbs run. I'm tired. You know. I don't care about God. I don't care about men. I don't care about shame. I don't care about honor. I don't care about justice. See all that is packaged up in there. What's the only thing he cares about? Himself. He only cares about himself. But yeah, it's such an interesting. So it's such an interesting thing. Yes. That would make her super clever. <laughs> If that, in fact, is case, it's fun. To, it's actually fun to kind of read that. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, yeah. Clearly, you want to. You know, you want to. You know, you. I mean, people do this, right? They try to get in favor. It's whether you have a jury trial or you have a judge trial because you're trying to pick the person most favorable. Try to read what's happened and what the future is going to be. Yes, please. Right. <laughs> so let me rephrase, rephrase the question. Everybody's a liar. How about that? Yes. Oh, sorry, I meant to say that. That's what I meant to say. I just, I didn't mean to say everybody's trying to convince you that their self, your self, their self-interest is your selfish. I didn't mean to say, I meant to say everybody has their self-interest at heart. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. It's like last night in the debate when Biden almost, one of the, one of them said to you, almost said, you're a, he was going to say liar. I can't remember which way he was going. You're a, and then he stopped and said, you're uh, got to get your facts more straight or something like that. So I, thought, I said, go ahead and just say you're a liar, because that's actually what you're thinking. Just go ahead and say that. Just say you're a liar, and then just see what comes back at you. It'll be interesting to watch. I find the most interesting part of the jury is right. he's trying to weigh things out. He may know the other half, uh, which that can be so depressing. Because then everything becomes sort of relative to everything else, right? And there's nothing that's ever really true. We, we have a hard time. That's going to be the day. You know, I've said some things I appreciate about postmodern, about the postmodern world. That's one thing I'm not going to appreciate about it, which is truth is even more fuzzy than it was before. So anyway, all right. So if um, boy, somebody said something really clever about seven comments ago, which is right where I'm going. I can't quite remember now. But the, here's the thing. Um, Let's, let's just ask the question about God. Because, okay, so it leads with, Luke leads with the, with the answer. He told them a parable, they ought to always pray and not, not to lose heart. Now, um, there is some question about why you should pray and why you shouldn't lose heart. Uh, if the judge really doesn't pay attention to your prayers and um, isn't moved by them. So that, that would be one thing you'd have to kind of think about. But um, first, let's ask about, ask, about, ask about Jesus. 
um, when you um, when you are the when you irritate him, <laughs> when you're the squeaky wheel, when you constantly come and come and come, does he answer you because of who you are, because of who he is? So in that sense, God is very much like the unjust judge. And in some sense, the New Testament isn't afraid of that. You remember there's the other thing where another story you have, like this is the guy who gets, his boss finds out he's cheating, and then he, he cuts all everybody's bill in half and then says, see you later. And then Jesus says, what a clever boy, right? Right? Okay, that's good. So he answers because of what, what you are to him. Good. That actually is very good because that then puts the thing in relationship and it's not abstract. So that keeps us from just talking about God as, as, a, as a concept or an idea. So God's a person. So pause now. God's basic. What's, what's God's most basic virtue? What is God? God is love. Or God is mercy, which is love applied to you or to a person. So there's always an object of his affection, right? So God, so here's the really gospel-y Lutheran side of the story, which is the Lord answers your prayers, not because of who you are, but because of who he is, right? Which is like, just like the judge. The judge fears neither God nor man, neither shame nor honored, doesn't really care about the woman, cares about himself. Unfortunately, his nature is self-interest. God's nature is interest in somebody else. So you see the difference. The difference is what the nature is, but not necessarily in how, the, how it works. So God's nature is always, I mean, you've learned this, you know, a thousand times when you've heard the difference between the three loves in Greek. There's, you know, um, philly, which is your friendship with somebody, eros, which is, you know, sort of physical relationship with somebody, and then agape, which is always the, God's nature is this agape, which is always acts in the interest of others. So now I'm going to try to tie up the last line, which would be something like, you come and say your prayers, and you don't have to be irritating, but you can be persistent. There's a way people can be persistent in a kind, persistent way. Hey, remember me. Hey, don't forget me. Hey, I love you. Hey, pay attention to me. Hey, I've been wronged. You said you would help me. Okay? To that, God responds not because of you, but because he loved you even before you came, and he's going to love you even after you leave. The judge is the judge before you arrive. The judge is the judge after you leave his chambers. He's still the judge. The twist in the story is that the human judge is unjust in a way, or self-interested, and the divine judge is you interested. And then Jesus has this very poignant thing where he says, when, Jesus, when, when he returns, will you still love him? He constantly loves you. When he returns, will you love him back? And that then sort of presses you into not just all the prayers you've said, but all the prayers that have been answered and all the kindness that's been done to you. And then when Jesus sort of says, when he comes back, will you get that? So I just want to pause and ask you whether or not your persistence is because you need to get an answer. I want, I want, I want, I want a pony. Or... Is your persistence because he loves you and he pulls you into a relationship and that's what he's asked you to do? And frankly, your prayers drive away the demons and your prayers build a community and your prayers express beauty and your prayers remind you of the promises of God. And so 
when Jesus talks about will he find faith on earth, part of the question he's asking is, will he find this sort of back and forth between you and God who loved you before you were and will love you forever from now on? Does that make sense? So that's all about him and not about you, even though because there's a relationship, it has to be about you. Yes, please. I know it is. Um, go get your kids. Uh, sorry. I would think so, yeah. Small town. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Yeah. Outside their experience. <laughs> that actually could be true. Well, you can pause and play around with that. I mean, part of the fun of reading the story is to read it in a different way and kind of know more about the characters. It's like when you watch a movie, you know, ten times, you start to see stuff and you learn more things. Karen, what are the three things God thinks, did you say? Yeah. One, two, three. Did I just say three things? Yeah. Here's the thing. You can ask my wife. I can't remember what I said <laughs> yesterday. Uh, let me think about what I said. I can't remember. Does anybody know what I said? Oh, the three kinds of love. The three kinds of love. So basically, in, in the Greek language, they have a lot of... You know how the Eskimos are supposed to have you know, 40 or 400 words for snow? You know, the Greeks had different words. One was for a way that there's physical attraction, eros, right? One was uh, for having a good friend, philia, like Philadelphia, where everybody loves everybody. It's really not the murder capital. Walk down the street with your wallet out. And then... <laughs> This agape, which is the divine love that only focuses on somebody else. So it always acts out of your interest, not out of self-interest. And the cross is the ultimate proof of that, right? Make sense? All right, let's pray and then you can do whatever you want. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Oh yeah, next time, do the next chapter, do 20. That'll be a fun story.